Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and if you heard uh, the promotion for today's show, we're going to talk about some trauma, which is not an easy topic, but I've got two wonderful guests uh, over the next couple of hours, and I think we're going to learn a whole lot. Uh, Jody Goldie is going to be joining me in just a minute. After she gets out of traffic, she's still trying to get here, and I said to her, she texted me, and I said, way to create trauma in the host, in the show host. That's a great strategy. So she's going to be joining me in the first hour. And Dr. Gregory Jantz is going to be with me in hour two. She, he's written a book called Trauma, Triumph Over Trauma, Fi- Finding Healing and Wholeness from Past Pain. Not to mention how uh, trauma is so prevalent in our world today and in our daily lives, because we all know people who have gone through it. COVID-19, that pandemic brought two years of unexpected trauma to millions of people, not only with things like prolonged sickness, there were job losses, certainly people had some financial crisis, there was the loss of loved ones, and people, sadly, would relapse into substance abuse. And you know what comes after that is things like depression and anxiety and addiction and panic attacks and insomnia. I was just asking Wyatt how good of a sleeper he is, and he said, pretty good, so I'm not worried about him. But these kinds of um, effects can can last for years and for some, a lifetime. So the pandemic sparked a 25% increase in anxiety and depression worldwide, which to me is a staggering statistic. So we're going to talk uh, to Dr. Greg Nance in hour two uh, with his book, Triumph Over Trauma, and Jody Goldie is going to be joining me when she gets here. But trauma, if you have experienced trauma, it they call it a, a lasting emotional response that usually results from some very distressing event. And I know that you can think of that event as you're listening in your life that you might say that elevates to the status of trauma. And you may or may not know because you've lived with it and it's become part of who you are, but that traumatic event can not only harm your personal sense of safety, your sense of self, and your ability to even regulate emotions and navigate relationships. So to make a long story short, it is complicated. And if you don't uh, address some of your uh, issues, that's going to... It's going to be difficult. So we want to help. That's what we want to do. And if you have uh, experienced some trauma that you uh, have a question for Jody or for Dr. Uh, Chance, you can text that over at any time. The number to text is 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. And certainly traumatic experiences, you know, pretty much happen to nearly everybody at some time and in some form. So... Uh, know that you're not alone and there's really no one size fits all solution. So this uh, treatment approach 
will recognize you as an individual uh, with all of your emotional and physical and intellectual and relational and spiritual dimensions, which I think God would love to look at you as the whole person. And so we're going to talk about that today. So if you've got a trauma a story that you'd be willing to share and how God has helped you triumph over it or through it and walked you through it, and it'd be, you'd be kind enough to share it, we'd love to hear it. You can text it over to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. And if you are brand new to Faith Radio, we're so glad that you have found us. Maybe a friend recommended the station, and the app is so easy to share. If you've got the app on your phone or your iPad or whatever you use, you can text the share button really easily. And then your friend can discover Faith Radio. I know a lot of people who have been uh, discovering Faith Radio, especially in the last year, because our new listener packs have gone uh, through the roof. And if you would like one, you're certainly welcome to get one. Just text the word WELCOME to 877 877- Nine three three two four eight four again eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. So we also want to know if you've gone through some traumatic experience and you are still in the middle of it. We believe completely in praying for you, and we want to pray for you. So let us know how we can pray because there are um, there are people that at this radio station. That's what we do. We always talk about how we can pray, who can we pray for, and the prayer requests when they come in. We notify everybody on our list that we want to pray. So if you have something right now that is a pressing need and you want us to pray, uh, let us know. You can just text it over to me at 877-933-2484, or you can also email me, bill at myfaithradio.com. Wyatt just raised his finger, which I think is an indication he'd like to speak. (laughs) Well, just know that when you text that, too, that's all totally confidential because traumatic experiences can be very, very challenging and difficult. And don't think it has to be this huge traumatic experience either. It can be something small, but if you want us to pray for you, that's certainly something we're willing to do. And it's not something we share over the air or anything like that. So, again, 877-933-933. 2484. And Bill, I'm sure this is probably more so a question for our guest today, but what constitutes being involved in a traumatic experience? Well, that's one of my first questions because there are certainly stressful situations. Mm -hmm. There are things that are very difficult, but when does it cross the line to be traumatic? Sure. And there are certainly things where there's a violation, a physical violation, emotional violation that, that is so severe that it does, you know, fall into traumatic uh, category. So, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, as I was feeling a fair amount of emotional stress over my guest not showing up, she just walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Jody, you just came at the nick of time. Welcome. You're a kind, um, one of your kind people let me. Yes. I was like, that'd have been Charlotte who let you in. Yeah. Very kind. So thank you. So is this a strategy to try to stress the host out as best you could? Yeah. No, I do whatever I can to make my brain go (laughs) offline so that you get the best parts of me. Okay. You know, when you talk about your brain going offline, I know you've mentioned this before. Would you say more about that? Sure. I find that so interesting. Um, I'm just going to catch my breath. (laughs) Maybe get Jody some water or something. (laughs) 
Is it, would you like some water? Sure. Yeah, I all right. Well, why it'll get you some water because he is such a nice guy. I he's know, such he a good really guy. Is. I'm yeah. so glad he's here. He looks like he should be in a Disney movie too, doesn't he? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The prince. Yeah, he's just Disney he, prince. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'd yeah. be the prince Guess in the story. What? Yeah, but <laughs> not, but not, you know. Not intelligent, a very intelligent castle. A very intelligent, yeah. Right. Um, so when your brain goes offline, like say on my way over here, I realize, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late because when I planned this out, I didn't take into account, you know, going through the city traffic. That's true. At three, because, you know, there's always going to be traffic at three. So um, when stress hits your brain, it signals to your brain to to kind of go into survival mode. And so it shuts down the top layer of your brain, which mm-hmm. is like all your brain needs for adulting. And so that goes offline. So all you can do is really like feel and you can't really think very well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just talking a little bit about what I thought was uh, a definition of trauma because there are certainly occasions where you go through something incredibly stressful yeah. that may not register as trauma and then there's certainly things that you would hear about you'd go that was a very traumatic experience yeah so it's trauma i'm i'm thinking is has some lasting emotional response oh yes i would say so and and it can harm your sense of safety and well-being and even how well you can navigate through personal relationships yes all right now, now, we're not going to dwell on trauma the whole hour because that, you know, we, we don't have to, but I do want to talk about emotions as well. Sure. I think they're so connected to trauma. You know, I was, um, when you say that, like, what is trauma? I was, interestingly enough, I was, um, so I, I'd travel sometimes to Jordan, the country of Jordan, to work with um, some folks there. And the last time I was there, I was speaking on kind of trauma and the brain and the body. And I was speaking to a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, um, Jordanians. And in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and said, don't use the word trauma here. It's Mm -hmm. not going to translate. You need to use the word stress. And I was kind of like, but that's not the same thing. And of course I fought with the Lord because you do, you know, you're like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm an expert. You didn't win, did you? But uh, no, no. no, He told me, he told me to Google it. Because he knows that yeah, sometimes, he knows. Mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes maybe I'll trust Google better. And so I did, and it was stress and trauma are the same things. And okay. I think what you're getting at is, um, and it doesn't translate in Arabic, actually. Trauma is like shock. Um, and so they don't have kind of like a, a like a little t trauma word mm-hmm. or, you know, and so I use the word stress. And it is, it's just stress on your body. And a little bit of stress is really motivating. It's a good thing. But a lot of stress has significant uh, negative impacts on your body and your brain. Mm-hmm. So that would be the trauma. I, I already have questions coming in, Joni. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Uh, how do I you just get ri- got here. How I are know. They- <laughs> well, you, well, while you were trying to get here, I was busy talking. <laughs> okay, I did hear you. I was listening to you. Oh, good. Thank yeah, you for doing that. That was very helpful. Uh, what did you think of the opening of the show? It was beautiful. Oh, good. Yeah, you carried it well. Thanks. You didn't sound stressed at all. I was. <laughs> You know, I was a little bit because I don't know, are you going to be four minutes late or 17 minutes late? Right, That's yeah. very stressful, Jody. Yeah, I agree. Not I traumatic, agree. but stressful. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Some interesting uh, questions. Um, well, I have constant physical pain caused me to quit my mm-hmm. job. Anxiety is through the roof. So there you go. I think that's pretty traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you get rid of trauma without having an emotional connection to it with four concussions and history of rape and abuse? 
there's a lot back there. Yeah, that is. And I think it's so important to to name that um, the body doesn't know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain. It just registers it all as pain. And so sometimes we downplay emotional pain as hurting the body and causing all those stress uh, chemicals to flood us. But oftentimes people are dealing with significant physical issues because of that long-term stress on the body. So a lot of people who have a traumatic background, a lot of stress over time, they have autoimmune disorders or irritable bowel syndrome or like a lot of different kinds of um, kinds of physical things that pop up in the body too. So yeah, okay, so how, what was the question? How do I deal with trauma without feeling it all? Well, yeah, the, the question was how can I try to get rid of trauma without having an emotional connection to it. Mm-hmm. So there's four concussions, history of rape and abuse. So there's a lot back there, but I just don't have any feelings. Yeah. Okay. Great question. And that goes into what we were going to talk about today. Feelings. I know. Um, I think a lot of times when we uh, experience those significant traumas that, you know, that person is naming, we kind of do this thing where it, it hurts too much to feel. And so our body sends signals to the rest of our um, brain and body to back up and kind of prune that neurology so that we don't have to feel. And then it also floods our body with uh, numbing chemicals so that we don't have to feel. And so I just want to kind of say to that person that that is actually a fabulous like thing that they've done in order to survive mm-hmm. is been able to not feel all of that. And so to... I hopefully find a provider or somebody who wants to work with your trauma who really does understand that that that's normal. It's normal to not feel and not want to feel all of that. Have they compartmentalized it and put it in a place where it's going to come back to get you? I don't know if you can compartmentalize anything because all of our, like 80% of our memory is stored in our body, okay. not in our brain. Is that right? Or, yeah. Isn't that that's crazy? crazy. I know. 80% so it, of our of our trauma is stored in our body? Yeah. And how does it come out? How is it manifested? Well, physical pain. Uh, <laughs> or it, 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 our bodies remember some, like our bodies are our first language, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're, like from zero to four, that's all we had. That's our first language. And so a lot of times we forget that we have a body and we forget that it, it is so amazingly adept at storing information for us and mm. communicating information. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky, but it does come out in physical pain. It comes out in like, uh, wanting to regulate, like feeling uncomfortable, anxiety, mm-hmm. like you can feel all of those emotions in your body. So all of those come out. And when those emotions are bigger, usually or smaller, according to what the actual circumstance is, that's usually a pretty good sign that it's probably something historical. Mm-hmm. So if you're having like a rapid heartbeat or anxiety or insomnia, this is all stuff that's being manifest in the body? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. We, we kind of try to divorce our body a lot of times in a lot of this stuff, but it is. So we carry around our trauma in our bodies. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good news. <laughs> great news because it's always there to access what does that mean like it's who wants to access their trauma it's always signaling to us that there's something we can take care of oh it's letting us know hey there's parts of us there's memories there's these uh time capsules that 
it's letting us know. It's like a little message to say, hey, there's something here that I want you to notice and I want you to take care of. And we don't have to do that alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We can't do that alone. We can't do that alone. We have the Holy Spirit. Hopefully you have community, but not always. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of of ways to take care of it. We're going to take a break and come back with Jody Goldie. She is at mwtraumacenter.com mwtraumacenter.com you can learn more about her right there if you have a question or comment let me know what it is 877-933-2484 be right back Hi, this is Bill Arnold, host of the Afternoon Show, and I have to say pastor appreciation is one of the easier things to do. I made out a list of 721 things I wanted to say thank you uh, to you for, but because I'm, I guess, apparently limited to like 40 seconds, I'm not going to be able to get them all in. But that doesn't mean I don't uh, appreciate you and the hard work you do. I know there. It's not a cakewalk. I know there's discouragement at times and and loneliness, and there are times when you probably get discouraged, but I just want you to know that we love you and care about you, and we want to encourage you in every way possible. Thank you for what you do, and God bless you in all of your efforts. I'm back with Jody Goldie. We're talking about stress and emotions. She does that well. She's a trauma counselor right here in the Twin Cities. And Jody, I just want to talk about this verse. We may not understand it or figure out its application to trauma, but it's Proverbs 25, verse 18. Like a cub or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. So if you're speaking poorly, lying, gossiping against a neighbor, um, that sounds like it could be trauma at a certain level. Do you mean the person who's giving the false testimony or the person who's receiving person it? person who's receiving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, people are saying lies and, and unkind things about you and bearing false testimony against you. Yeah. You're, you're the product of that kind of lie. That is going to be maybe very traumatic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad we cleared that one Yeah, up. we did clear that up. Yeah. Do you have any more thoughts on that? Or, or is that just kind of, yes, that will be traumatic and, and damaging? I think it, there's something that's even more damaging in um, having that occur in the church um, and, and seeing people that have experienced that from, from other church members because we're called to not do that, right? And mm-hmm. to do it in a, in a positive way or like a, you know, a... a not kind, because there is a place we need to be able to 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 tell the truth about something, but then there's this where it crosses over and it starts to harm people, um, and so that's the place where we think we're going to find safety in kind of like a, a church or a, a faith based community, and when we don't, that can be incredibly mm-hmm. painful. Jim Wilder, who Rosella said is an author, he defines trauma as the inability to return to joy after a negative event or experience. Yes. And the more joy you have, the less you will be traumatized. I think that's probably a, a pretty uh, fair 
analogy. If you are traumatized, Absolutely. there's probably not a lot of joy. If there's joy, maybe the trauma feels less. Yeah. You uh, experience joy in a part of your brain that's in the f- in the frontal lobe, in the uh-huh. in the in your top brain, and so when you can build that, and I think you said something else about what he does for the first year. Do you want to say that? that yeah, was cool. Uh, let's see. He works with clients for a year to build their joy before going into the deep weeds in counseling. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree with that, I know and you that's do. a lot of the work that. Um, that we do too is, and I think what the what the research is supporting is that when we build our most resource self, and then we look at trauma from that angle mm-hmm. instead of actually, you know, like like the um, person who wrote in earlier, like going in and actually re-experiencing the trauma can can make it go deeper into our bodies and into our brains, and we don't want to do that. We want to we want to do it in a different way. So staying out of the weeds and staying in that joy place and bearing witness to it from that place with the Holy Spirit, with community, with in a different way can actually help us heal from the trauma. And so that we don't have to kind of relive it because why you didn't want to do it the first time. Why would you ever want to do it another time? Yeah. Right. But if I went to you as a counselor and you didn't want to talk about my pain, that would feel counterintuitive to me. I'm here to talk about my pain, and your strategy is to uh, have the Holy Spirit and your uh, counseling help keep me away from those deep weeds. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like I think it, there's this like there's this weird dance that we do, right? Because you don't want to shut somebody down because it's really important to to the story is really important. But what often gets missed in trauma is that is there was a kid or a young person or an adult last year, whatever it was, inside of us, if you want to think of that, that went through that, that part of us gets missed. When we focus on the story of the trauma, we kind of forget about that, you know, say it was a four-year-old. Like I went through a trauma when I was four-year-old. We forget about that kid and we need to move that kid into the center of the story and make sure that the story doesn't harm that kid again mm-hmm. and really understand what the kid needs, how we can help him, how we can take care of him in a different way so that he doesn't go through the trauma forgotten again. Mm-hmm. We can actually focus on, okay, how? what did you need during that time and what do you need now when we're talking about it? Mm-hmm. So. Jody Goldie is my guest. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist and got her master's in counseling from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in Boston. Here's another comment that has come in, Jody. Would you say lying and speaking falsely is a way to traumatize oneself? Ooh. That's a pretty dicey question. I would... I, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> yeah. I've got like... an answer. Why it's got an answer, but I'm going to let you go first. Oh. the guest. Well, go ahead. No. <laughs> All you, all you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I have a hard time with the traumatizing oneself because a lot of times when people harm themselves, it's because they're trying to regulate themselves or they're trying or they feel like they don't deserve anything better um, than trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I would kind of go after that, if that makes sense. No, say more about that because that's so interesting. Um. I see this a lot with with um, with addiction, you know, mm-hmm. um, or or self harm. That um, a lot of times we use those those modes in order to regulate our emotions because our emotions are too big and they hurt too bad. And so we either just need to go away from it, or we need to numb out, or whatever it is that needs to happen. 
Um, or we are in a place, I think the hardest part of healing from trauma is actually holding positive emotions because mm-hmm. negative emotions we're used to. We're used to suffering. We're used to chaos. But when you step into positive emotions, it can be really tricky because that feels unsafe. You don't know what to do with that. Um, you don't have the skill set to understand positive emotions. And so like happiness, joy, all of those things, that can be too overwhelming. So a lot of people use the term self-sabotage. I don't really like that because I think it's just doing what we know how to do or what we think we deserve. And so we go more to like, okay, I'm feeling really good about myself right now. And I'm feeling like actually like life is is feeling okay. And I don't know when the other shoe's going to drop. So if I have some chaos or if I hurt myself a little bit, then I know what's coming. That's comfortable. Mm. I know what that is. I can deal with that. So maybe you have a hard time trusting good feelings. Absolutely. Because if you probably, if you have like a life of traumatic events, whenever the good feelings came, it usually, the bad feelings were coming pretty quick or the trauma was coming pretty quick or it was just kind of like the calm in the storm. And so... Good feelings can be terrifying because you can't predict what's going to happen. Whereas when the bad feelings are happening, you know where the storm is. You know yeah, what you can do. You're familiar it. with that. Yeah. And I, I think I heard recently that when your brain goes into default mode, 70% of the time you'll trend towards negative thoughts, yeah. which is really sad. And then the way your your mind works, 85% of the time it will it will recycle the thoughts in your head. Yeah. And if... That does it 85% of the time and 70% of your thoughts are negative. We've got to speak truth into our into our minds and in our hearts. Otherwise, we're in big trouble. Yeah, need- I, was, I was just talking to a friend this weekend about the, the default mode and how she was like, okay, if I can train my default mode with worship and the word, mm-hmm. and, because all the default mode network knows is, is what's in the past. It can only create something new out of the past. And she's like, if I can train it with that, won't it draw from that? And I'm like, I think it does. Because I notice when I w- listen to worship, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll have like, you know, I'll have kind of a tune or I'll have a song that's really, really, and then I'll realize, oh, it's the worship I've been listening to. My brain is pulling from what it already knows or scripture or so... I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. No. I've always thought there's no momentum in Christianity. I, I literally can leave a Bible study breakfast at eight o'clock from a restaurant and be honking at someone pulling out of the parking lot. <laughs> it's like, well, what happened to my good feelings? I, <laughs> I had, so there's no momentum. You have to go back and be in God's word and prayer all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Daily, right? Yeah. That's the daily, the all the time. Yeah. All right, Jody Goldie's my guest. Uh, you can learn more about Jody at mwtraumacenter.com. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and you do have a specialty in dealing with trauma counseling. Mm-hmm. You're su- and you're super busy. I am. Do, are you yeah. even taking new people? No, but I know a lot of people reach out, and sometimes I can get them to good places. Okay. Not all the time, but sometimes. I already have people asking to oh. get an appointment with you. That's sweet. I mean, they could. That's awesome. I they could meet that. with me. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I know, they, why aren't they asking Wouldn't be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. If you have a question or comment regarding trauma or something you've gone through or something you would like some help on or even prayer with, let me know. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back.
It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Jody, you were singing along to the theme song, which indicates you actually do listen to the show. Yes. I, I didn't know you were, being, you were being serious when you say no. you listen to the show. I listen to it all the time. You can ask my kids. Okay. You can ask anybody. I appreciate you listening. And now look, you're on it. Yeah. Oh, nice and sad. <laughs> I probably won't listen to this one, though. Really? <laughs> Just kidding. Do you not listen to the episodes you're on? Every once in a while. Okay, I do, good. Yeah. All right, Jody, uh, let's talk about good emotions and bad emotions. Let's start with the good emotions first. What can you tell us about good emotions? And bad emotions. I, I repeated that to give you more time to think. Okay, thank you. I think there is a an idea that we have good emotions and bad emotions. And I, I set you up for that question, and now I'm just going <laughs> to knock you, you out. All right, go ahead. Because I'm going to argue that all emotions are good emotions. Really? Yeah. Okay, so... So you did set me up. I did. I didn't mean to. It was like after you asked it, I was like, oh, no, I did set him up. I didn't yeah. mean to. So all emotions are good. Yeah. Okay. You have some explaining to do. Okay. Because right. I, I don't know what you mean by that. And so, I think we're going to get some pushback on that. I think we're going to get a lot of listeners. Yeah. So if you think about emotions, what are emotions? Emotions, I think we, we, we attach a lot of moral quality to emotion, like we, especially anger. I've noticed in our kind of our... Christian framework, a lot of people think that anger is a, a bad emotion and sometimes a sin. That's one that I, I work with, because, but it, it says do not sin in your anger. It right. doesn't say anger is a sin. Right. And so um, all emotions are, they're just signals in our body to let us know what is happening in the atmosphere. So they're actually very neutral. So they're just like, we have this thing called the vagus nerve, right? That runs through your whole body. That's like the wandering nerve or uh, the soul nerve as Rasma Menachem calls it. And he, it's... It's the nerve that never sleeps too. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always working. Yeah. And 80% of his job is just to take in information. Okay. And let us know, like to communicate to us what is going on in the atmosphere. And so that's what emotions are. They're just signals to us what what we're what's happening in the atmosphere. So when we start to feel anger, we need to notice, wait a second, what's going on in the atmosphere? It, am I feeling an, a, a sense of injustice? Am I feeling like I'm not seen or heard? Because mm. those are usually big anger Ooh, triggers, this is good. right? Yeah, I'm going to write this down. But that's really helpful because that's a good thing. When we can interpret that and notice that signals, then we have rocket fuel for justice. We can stand up and say, no, actually, I think I matter here. I think I'm created to matter. And so I want to speak up. What about if you don't feel seen or heard? What's the rocket fuel there? Um, Because there's... When you're when you don't feel noticed and you feel marginalized and maybe even ignored, that's hurtful. It is. Yeah. So I think it's really important to notice that then, because if there is a relationship where that's happening, you can notice that, and maybe you need to step back a little bit, or maybe you need to step in a little bit more and say, "Wait a second, I deserve to be seen or heard. I actually have some really good things to say, and I feel like you're discounting it or getting." you know, a community member to come along beside you and say, no, we need to be noticed here. This mm-hmm. isn't helpful. And that's why I mean rocket fuel for justice. It's super helpful. Those signals give us awareness of what we need to do 
to be helpful to ourselves and to others. Mm-hmm. You have more explaining to do on the on their. There's no bad emotions because that I I'm not satisfied yet. Okay, all right. Let's go for anxiety. Can we go for this one? Uh, whatever you want to do, Jody Goldie. <laughs> you you just have to explain yourself because okay. that was something that I, I I don't have a place for on my shelf. Okay. That there's no bad emotions. Okay. So anxiety. So there's this uh, man named Yak Panskep who he's died, but he has died. He has passed on. He was known as the rat tickler and he discovered all the circuits of emotion that we have in our body. And anxiety actually runs on two circuits in our body. So when we say I'm really anxious, it's very confusing because it runs on fear which makes sense. We get anxious when we're afraid. And then it also runs on a circuit called um, grief or panic or separation panic, but Mm -hmm. I like to call it alarmed aloneness. That's an interesting expression. Alarmed alarmed aloneness. It's a panic that you are alone and you will never be in connection again. And we have a circuit in our body that we're born with, that God created us with. And I think that means a lot about his desire for us to be in community. Not only that, Jody, but isn't that what Satan will want to do? Oh my gosh. That's a big <clears throat> one, Isn't that right? the lie? Because Jesus, God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So all Satan would say is you're going to be alone. Yeah. It's going to be you. Yep. And no one's going to care about you. It's like the promise that we have right, from the Lord. Right. Right. That's like, that's it. And it's speaking directly to that circuit. And so I think, so since anxiety runs on both of those circuits, for you to notice what are the signals? Am I afraid? Like driving here, I was afraid. <laughs> I was afraid I wouldn't make it. I was afraid, whatever, that, you know, I'd get in a car crash. But there was also this alarmed aloneness that Bill would hate me for the rest of my life <laughs> and that we would be out of a relationship. And yeah. so I had a lot of anxiety. I understand. Because that's both those circuits going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Let's see, Jody. Here's I got a bunch of questions coming in and some comments. I was told that I had trauma to my body while my mother was pregnant with me. Can you address this? So, can you be traumatized while you are in the womb? Yes. Okay. Um, Does that live on in your life? Yes. For years to come. Okay. Um, yeah. It trauma in the womb is a real thing, and especially for those of us that do believe that life. Uh, begins at conception. That is a that's a pretty understandable uh, understandable thing because we have we have experiences that are happening before we're even born. We live before we're born. So, mm-hmm. that is uh, very interesting because we have so many different experiences with trauma, and it's hard to believe you could be having one before you're born. I know. <clears throat> it doesn't I know. seem quite fair, but I understand it doesn't how seem. It, it's not. It's not fair. It's it's it's. Not fair in so many ways because you you do in so many like a lot of um, so if you think about when a baby's in a womb um, when a when a mom is experiencing a lot of of toxic uh, stress that's happening maybe maybe she's in a domestic violence situation maybe she's a refugee um, maybe there's different things going on unfortunately all of the juices the baby is swimming in is the same juices the mom is swimming in and so that sets the baby up for for higher um and again this is a really interesting thing in science because science supports this but a lot of times science does not support that life begins at conception so i i kind of i think actually the the 
the information that's out there about what happens to a baby in a womb is actually quite helpful to know, yeah, no, that baby really, really does matter. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot going on with yeah. that baby. So, yeah. yeah. I think Wyatt's got a question. Well, I do, but actually going off of that first, how, how would you go about knowing if you had trauma yeah. in the womb, right? I mean, like Bill said, it's kind of unfair. How, is there any way you can figure that out at a young age or later in life without the help of someone else? Good question. I, yeah, that's super helpful. I think I think I would probably say like I can name three ways. Um, one, uh, I, I work with an occupational therapist who who actually can work with a lot of those stress systems in the body and can help that calm. Um, and she she works with a lot of that that pregnancy stuff that happens. Um, prayer ministry, like yeah. uh, I think a lot of times the Lord longs to work with those systems and help. And it's really amazing what he does in prayer. Um, And then obviously asking. And if you don't have opportunity to ask like your family members or people and you don't know that history that I would say move to like prayer ministry or doing a body-centered therapy like occupational Mm -hmm. therapy or something like that. Yeah. Jody, talk about that one condition about aloneness again. What was the word in front of aloneness? Alarmed. Alarmed aloneness. And this is... How does this manifest itself? Is it a little bit of a panic attack? Is it? Yeah. Is it a? I have to race out of my house and be in public, be alone <laughs> in public. I mean, you do see that where people prefer to be alone in public. Oh yeah. It's that way they don't feel alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they're still they're still not with anybody. Yeah. It is. How it's does a, it manifest itself when you're having that it's, alarmed? It's interesting because a lot of people think like loneliness. When we think of loneliness, we think of like a down regulation, almost like a depression. Yeah. But. Oftentimes when this circuit is going, this emotional circuit is going off in our body, it's actually an upper, it's a panic. It's a fear. It's that same feeling when you're a tiny little kid and you get lost in Target and you can't find your mom. Mm -hmm. That's the feeling. And so it's, it's the feeling of being panicked that you'll never be in connection again. And so, um, yeah, it can, it can feel like. I don't know, panic, but it's about connection. It's about relational stuff. All right. We'll take a little break. If you have a question or comment for Jody Goldie, let me know what what it is. 877-933-2484. I'm Angela Smith, host of Reading the Bible Together. And have you ever read the book of Matthew? You know, at the very beginning when it has the whole genealogy of Jesus and read or tried to read through those difficult names and thought, who are these people? What what are their stories? You know, why are they listed here? In our next reading plan, we're going to be looking at five of the women in Jesus's genealogy. It's called Unexpected, Five Women in the Lineage of Jesus. We're going to take a look at Tamar, who was she? You know, what what is her story? We're going to look at Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba and Mary, Jesus's mother. All the women who you're going to hear on the podcast have contributed to the study guide. You can get your hands on that study guide at myfaithradio.com and sign up. I sure hope that you'll do this study with us so that the next time you go and read Jesus's genealogy, you'll recognize some of those names and know some of those stories. You can get that study guide at myfaithradio.com, and you can listen to Reading the Bible Together podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
welcome back to the show. Jody Goldie's my guest. Jody uh, is a trauma counselor, and I think part of what I so enjoy about um, Jody in studio is you have a, l- a lovely sense of uh, delight in your life. You <laughs> you enjoy laughter, and you like to you know you deal with so much so much serious things yeah. all the time. So you have a a spirit that is still open to being playful. Yes. All right. Thank you for that. You can learn more about Jody at mwtraumacenter.com. She apparently has no openings because she's so busy, <laughs> but you've, you you know people. Yeah, I okay. know a lot of good people. All right, here's a question that just came in. Uh, my daughter has serious mental health issues as a teen, um, blaming me for everything while the narcissistic father gets off scot-free. Mm. Just another stage in having a child with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, I'm a family therapist, so it, it's it's hard because when one when one person in the in the system is sick, the the whole system is sick. We all kind of we all kind of get sick when we're mm-hmm. you know, and so yeah, it it there's fallout all around when you have a family member who's not doing well. Again, not fair. Yeah, not, not fair. Not fair if people are not going to take responsibility for their their piece of the puzzle, right? It's very true. Yeah. yeah, and narcissism is horrible. Oh my gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, during the break, I was thinking about the the good feelings and the bad feelings, and I'm I'm still I still want to poke around there if you don't mind. Yeah, let's um, let's do it now. Go back to because we just had I'm sure people j- jumped in their car, just tuned tuned in the radio, and they're hearing me say there's no bad emotions. <laughs> and Talk again, if you wouldn't mind, about how our body processes information and how things get determined as to what is good and what we deem bad. Maybe if we change the language, maybe it would make more sense, like the good and bad. You know what I mean? Because good, we think happy. We think, you know, bad, we think not happy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's just all information. It's just data. If you think of inf- if you think of emotions as just information, just data mm-hmm. that you take in, and then we get to decide what to do with it. It's just signals, you know. Like a lot of people say, it's just lights on a dashboard. But almost taking out because we get so scared of emotions because they're so they're they're uh, so frustrating, and sometimes we want to move away from them. Mm-hmm. When in fact, um, if we can, well, I mean. We used to think that if we could just ignore emotions, they could kind of go down or, or do something. But what we've learned neurologically is that if we are able to name the emotion, if we can actually like kind of hold it and name it, if that makes sense. So if I'm having a weird emotion and I'm like, oh, it's that alarmed aloneness. Like if that really just hit for you, then you get you get to finally name it. And when mm-hmm. we can name an emotion, we can tame it. So name it to tame it. That actually completes a circuit in our body that helps us calm calm the emotion because emotions, are they can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's more about like, they're just signals to our body. And yes, some of them are very uncomfortable, but they're just signals. Uh, that's interesting, Jody. We can call them uncomfortable signals and we yeah. can process them differently then. Is that helpful? It, is that a little bit better? It, it is kind of helpful. More palatable? It is. Okay. I can, I can, di- I can deal <laughs> with that. Here's a question. How do you show support of their, let's see, how can a person, what... <laughs> 
two questions just came in. What can a person do or say if a loved one has anxiety that overflows into relationships? Oh, yeah. So maybe you're identifying it as anxiety, but you gotta, you've got to identify it more clearly than just anxiety, don't you? I, yes, because again, if you can't name it, you can't tame it. Yeah, so, I like that. So noticing, so is this person dealing with fear? Okay, then that's fear. And that's like a whole nother, you know, that that's a whole nother thing that you've got to think. Or is it that alarmed aloneness? Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe even helping that family member notice, notice. Um, so watch and observe for themselves which emotion it is for them um, so that they can know, oh, yeah, it actually is about relationships. And I am afraid that I'm going to be forgotten or left alone. Okay. That's a whole different thing that you can work with. And and that's that's the hard thing about anxiety when I hear it. Mm-hmm. I wish I could just obliterate the word and sometimes because it doesn't make sense. Anxiety is this weird nebulous thing, but if we can think of it as fear and alarmed aloneness, then you can kind of work with mm-hmm. it, which is helpful. Jody, what about patterns? Let's say, for example, I know this guy who went through a lot of death growing up as a kid. And so the the fear of death has become m- much m- more uh, out of proportion as mm-hmm. an adult. I know yes. th- I know this guy. Yeah, th- that feels that way. Yeah. And so, how do you how do you tame that? I can that person can <laughs> name it <laughs> to tame it. I know what it is. Yeah, I think yeah, it, it keeps hovering. Yes, those are those like are the a, worst. Right? They're the worst. Yeah. And they, um, there's this, I don't, the saying, the words are kind of weird, but it's helpful. It's a saying that says, if it's hysterical, meaning if the, if the emotion is huge like that, it's historical. What does that mean? If it's hysterical, it's historical. What does hysterical mean? Hysterical mean if the emotion is so big that like, um, you're afraid that, you know, when your family member drives to the grocery store, they're going to die. Right. That's not a that's not a, a right sized emotion. I agree. Right? That's and so, hysterical. Yeah. So noticing if it's hysterical, it's probably historical. And so usually oh, what, now I get it. Yeah. Is that, it okay. probably came from your past. Yes. Yes. And so noticing so noticing how old you feel when that fear comes online. And then that can kind of clue you in, oh, I've got a time capsule, like a trauma time capsule inside of me that maybe is like an eight year old boy eight-year-old girl, you know what I mean? That is like, that needs, that that eight-year-old actually needs to be cared for inside of us by you, by the Holy Spirit, by um, older adult parts of us that can actually, because it, it kind of shows that maybe there's a young um, part of you that went through like death and things like that, but then never came around to care for that kid. They were never seen, they were never cared for, they were never held during that time and that's the work now so Mm -hmm. i don't know does that make any sense no it makes a ton of sense okay yeah you've given some real nuggets today that really good easy to hang on to easy to remember i can't think of them right now but they (laughs) (laughs) when your brain comes back it's gonna be amazing when my brain goes online yeah because right now it's a little offline i know because i was late well no i mean (laughs) But I want you to do all the talking and I, and I try to listen real hard. And sometimes when I get caught up in, in listening, I, I go, oh, wait a second, I'm hosting a show. And then I'm reminded that it's now my turn to talk. I don't know how you do this. No, no. I'm it's, constantly it's, amazed. So here's a comment. I feel the alarmed aloneness after the loss of my husband. Now I have a name for it. Thank you. 
Oh. That's sweet. I'm so glad. And I, I want to say that that's coined by a woman named Sarah Payton, um, who is a neuroscience educator. So I need to give to do do to where it needs to go. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about if you don't think you went through trauma, but you described your situation to a friend and they tell you that you went through trauma? Then what? Because I know if ask a fish about water, they say, what's water? Yeah. If, exactly. if it's your trauma and you've been living with it and you have normalized it and it's, and it's wrong to have normalized it, then what? Yeah. I think that's where sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit and the community come in, right? To like say, okay, God, if this was really trauma, I'm open, but I need to hear it from you. Sometimes we need to hear it from God and not from other people around us. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I am oftentimes. Um, and so, so just have, have, have him minister to that mm-hmm. in you. All right, Jody Goldie, here's speaking of emotions. Here you are grieving the permanent loss of a lifelong want, plus the belief that God either decided not to prevent it or actually set it up. Mm-hmm. How to trust him afterward. Yeah. That's, I didn't, you know, a lifelong dream didn't, didn't happen, yeah. didn't get it. Yeah. So now how do I deal with that emotion and how do I trust God going forward? Yeah. I, I always say this is, oh, it's going to open a whole nother can of worms. But we have I, like two minutes left, I know. but don't <laughs> like, open the can of worms. Don't open, okay, so I'll, I'll leave the worms in. Okay. But I think that you can, you can work with God without necessarily having to trust him. And I think to start fighting with him, you know, like to really fight with him and, and be mad at him and with him, but not apart from him. Because I don't, I, that alarmed aloneness, like, to, to do this in relationship and really fight with him, but stay in relationship with him mm-hmm. can really help um, help give him the opportunity to help you understand where he is in all this. Mm. Yeah, you read some of the Psalms and, and, the, and the Psalm writers are saying, I don't like you, you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going anywhere. That's right. I got nowhere else to go. Right. It's and, true. And God's got big shoulders. He can take whatever you have. And he gives us full license I know. to say what just, we feel. Just read Psalm 88. You know, it's one of those powerful Psalms that you can't even believe God allowed to keep in the, in in the Psalter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jody, I think we're out of time. Okay. Thank but, you I mean, so I got, much. I got more trauma ahead with Dr. Gregory Jantz. Have you read this book or heard of it? Do you, have, you ever heard yeah. of him? Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, Triumph Over Trauma, Finding Healing and Wholeness from Past Pain. You know, stick around for a light for a bit if you want. You don't have to race out of here, but it's nice to have you I here. And it. come back, be a guest again soon, okay? And be on time next time, okay? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jody Goldie's been my guest. You can learn more about Jody at mwtraumacenter.com. She's not available for appointments, but she does have colleagues that would be available. After a short break, Dr. Gregory Jantz will be joining me. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.